Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I am Jamie Rothschild, one of the hosts of the show. Today, I am joined by another host, Steve Ryum, the Silent Witness Coordinator. Steve, thanks for being here. Thanks, Jamie. I know a lot of people probably know you from Sergeant Reum when they see you on news talking about silent witness stuff. But I, you and I talk about this all the time. The, this show is a cool opportunity just to to chat to people, even though we work with them, to find out their stories. And we're going to do that again today. But before we do, you guys have been pretty busy in the silent witness world. Can you tell the listening audience a little bit of information, if anyone has information, how they want to learn about Silent Witness or give information to Silent Witness or want to partner, become a board member, how do they reach you guys? Yeah, I think the best way to reach us always during business hours is 480 Witness, and our staff will answer that Monday through Friday. And I think the best way to get a hold of us is to go on our website at silentwitness.org. And also, I think a lot of people don't know that we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we put out a lot of current stuff, current events, and news articles that are related to Silent Witness on that throughout the week and even on the weekend and night. And so if you're going to check out any of the social media platforms for Silent Witness, please look at the icon for Silent Witness because there was a TV show once with the same name. And some people had followed that one as well. So check out any of the social media platforms. I was out one day uh, and a local media personality came up and said, hey, I have a question for you. And I thought it was going to be like a real deep question and he goes is it 480 witness or 480 witness and i was like like whatever you want 480 480 so 480 witness and if you're spanish speaking 480 testigo you can reach us 24 7 at silent witness if you submit information that leads to a felony arrest you may be eligible for a cash reward now steve you and i always like to talk about the people who are in law enforcement or a community issue and we really like to find out about the people behind the programs. And today we're joined by a peer, Sergeant Mike Hayes. Mike is assigned to the Mountain View Precinct. We call it 700 within Phoenix. Mike, thank you for being here. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Well, you no, know, you have a lot of information uh, for the community, and we want to talk about that a little later. But uh, Steve and I were talking before the show, and you actually got kind of a cool story about how you wound up becoming a police officer. Can you walk us through a little bit about how you wound up in this seat today? Sure. So I was uh, born and raised in Chicago. Um, I come from a very long line of Chicago firefighters to include my father, uncles, and cousins. Uh, growing up, I wanted nothing more to do to, than to be a Chicago fireman. Um, it didn't happen. Uh, so I went to work for the city of Chicago uh, doing construction. And right around 29, 30 years of age, I just got stuck in a rut. And so my younger brother had come out here to attend ASU. Um, I would visit him during the winter months, which, you know, during December in Chicago, obviously it's cold and a lot of snow. So I'd come out here during the winter, play golf, sit poolside. And back in 2005 is when the city was really growing and looking for uh, cops, firemen, teachers, etc. So I came out here. I, I remember I came out here on a Friday night, um, took the written test. And then the following day, went to the Phoenix Police Academy, took the physical. Um, I was provided a background packet and a background investigator. And then what seemed like just a few months, I was offered a conditional uh, position. Um, at the time, I owned a Jeep, and I had no reason, obviously, to come out here with a hardtop. So I remember I sold my hardtop to pay 
to ship the Jeep and all my belongings out here. And 16 years later, here I am. Now, did did you get a sunburn because you removed the hardtop? Because people that don't know you can't see that you're a little fair-skinned. I'm very fair-skinned. That's the, the, the Irish skin, which doesn't do well out here in, in the Valley. I had a very similar experience from New York. Uh, couldn't get hired there, candidly. I tried like crazy. Uh, had a buddy come out, got hired by Phoenix. And to your point, when you come out here from out of state, they do a consolidated compressed testing. So you do multiple phases all at once because they know you can't fly out frequently. Um, and so if you have anybody who's in your family or friend group that might be interested in a career with the Phoenix Police Department and they're out of state, please go ahead and send them this interview. You can find all these podcasts downloaded on the KTR website. Go ahead and forward this to them because we still do that for out-of-state applicants and we try to make it as easy as possible. Uh, although I didn't drive out in a Jeep, I sold all my belongings and drove out in a Geo Tracker. I can totally relate to your story. So you get out here, you know that you were from uh, Chicago, the Windy City. Was there any part of you that missed the climate, the weather, the family, and thought, well, I'll just lateral back? Or did you know, no, Phoenix is the place I'm going to land? No, it was helpful because, like I said, I had a, a younger brother who was out here. So I had family. I had met some of his friends over the years. And... My family loved the fact that now two of us was out, were out here in Arizona, so it just gave them more of a reason to come out and visit. So you, you do, we, and we all have to do, uh, you do at least two or three years in patrol. Uh, some folks absolutely love it, stay forever. Other folks try investigative details. Some go the tactical route. What did you, what was your bent? What was your, your lean in? Like, man, I think I could really do well at that. What did you try after patrol? So after patrol, which, like you mentioned, I absolutely loved it. I spent about eight years there. Um, I went and worked for a neighborhood enforcement team in the Central City Precinct. Um, what I liked about that is I was afforded the opportunity to, say, take an investigation to the next level, follow up, make the arrest, et cetera, um, sort of work cases as opposed to just writing the original report and moving on to the next call for service. I have to give you a compliment because I think that's when I got to know you, when I was in Silent Witness, getting to know you when you were at the Neighborhood Enforcement Team of 500. But you always acted like a case agent. And by that, I mean you didn't just submit information to Silent Witness. You actually ran with the case and seemed to take incredible ownership. Have you always found investigations was kind of your lane? Um, I Honestly, I like, I like both. So I like to work the case and, and, and investigate and develop the probable cause. But then I also like then to be, to go out and actually locate the individual and, and make the apprehension. Um, so yeah, I'd say I, I just like the fact that I was afforded the opportunity on a net squad to do both. So I'd like to jump in here real quick and tell a funny story, not really a funny story, but a story about how Mike and I met. So at the Phoenix Police Department, when you promote if you're in detectives or a special detail, when you promote, you go back to the street and patrol. So I promoted actually to a squad that Mike was on as an officer at the time, and now he's since promoted. So that's how I met Mike was my first squad as a probationary sergeant, and Mike was there. And Mike actually was a really great leader on the squad, and I could lean on him a lot. And it was really nice to have Mike on the squad because he would pursue those cases like you talked about, Jamie, even in patrol. And now it's nice to see him as a sergeant. I was always in trying to encourage him to be a sergeant promote because he's just a natural leader. And it's good to see you now, Mike, as a sergeant and especially detail. Well, so, thanks. Yeah, there was definitely yourself and several peers who, like you said, suggested that I promote and were very um, 
instrumental in in allowing me or helping me along the way, whether it was to prepare or study, et cetera. So, yeah, I definitely appreciate that, Steve. So yeah. now, oh, I'm sorry. So now you're looking at, uh, I don't want to say younger, but folks who are newer. Now you're, to Steve's point, you're a leader on the squad. Now you're actually leading a, a team. How do you do that now? Because you're always used to being the, the guy who goes out, does the investigation, does the photo lineup, completes the booking paperwork. Is that a hard transition now to step back and teach and lead and develop others? It is. Um, when I was on a first promoted and went to a patrol squad, it was a very junior patrol squad, um, I actually received a lot of satisfaction from working with them because it did. I did feel like I helped mentor, um, recommend sh- completing shadows, etc. To not only, but just be- make yourself more well-rounded. Um, about 15 months ago, I took a position with the Property Crimes Bureau, to where now I have seasoned detectives who work for me. So my job now is just to facilitate, you know, resources to make them more successful. Um, I'm pretty blessed to have a good group of investigators that work for me and internal resources in the precinct to, you know, to help solve cases and, you know, get people their property back. So, Mike, uh, with Silent Witness, we get a lot of property crimes sometimes. And I know the big trend right now is like the catalytic converter thefts. Do you have any tips for our listeners on how to prevent catalytic converter thefts or other type of property crimes that they can do to... Yeah, make themselves less. So you're right. There, there's literally a pandemic right now in the valley. the The numbers have just skyrocketed. So what we recommend is, obviously, if you have a garage to keep your vehicle, you know, garage kept, or if you go to say a shopping mall or a movie theater, if you can try to park your car somewhere that it's maybe more illuminated than than a dark spot, um, it, it's it's something that uh, if you see it call it in, you know, the suspicious person around your vehicle. Um, but yeah, those, those are the things that we're saying is just try to, try to secure it. Don't leave valuables in sight, et cetera. We're talking to Sergeant Mike Hayes of the Phoenix Police Department Property Crimes Bureau. Mike, the tenets of crime prevention hold true whether they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. Know your neighbors. Be alert to your surroundings. You're from Chicago. I'm from New York. We were outside probably a little more. I find that in Arizona we have the, the blind straw and the air conditioning on. I'm very guilty of not knowing my neighbors. What are some tips that you could say to people as they uh, work within their community to get to know their neighbors, to be alert to their surroundings? What crime prevention? tips could you offer well like you said is it, it, during eight months out of the year it feel like we're sort of shut-ins um just going out to leave for work or get their mail but yeah get to know your neighbors identify the the vehicles that they drive you know it shouldn't take long to sort of get to see the pattern of them coming and going um while you're out of town ask a neighbor to take your mail in or if you have packages that don't start piling up at the door that would be maybe indicators to somebody who is canvassing the neighborhood looking to victimize somebody. Um, you know, nowadays, the, the ring cameras and video, we're, we're solving a high majority of the cases we solve are based on people installing video cameras on their property, which allows us then to take video, create bulletins that we distribute. And, and it, it, like I said, it usually leads to an identity um, 
and just makes the cases a little bit more solvable. There is no downside to getting to know your neighbors. I have a neighbor who's a firefighter. Our schedules are different. We're able to help each other, to your point, when packages arrive. Um, plus, it just makes it uh, a more enjoyable neighborhood. Steve, when you talk about silent witness and people who want to submit information, there's times that they should call 911, and there's times that they should call silent witness. Can you tell what the appropriate times to call silent witness are? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm glad you brought that up. So with kind of the manhunt that Phoenix PD was uh, involved in this past weekend, uh, we were telling the public to call 911 if they see the suspect, which is great. But then, you know, to get the reward, we want them to call silent witness right afterwards. So silent witness would be if you hear about someone that might have committed a crime or you knew they committed a crime in the past, then you'd call silent witness where 911 is a crime in progress or there's a public safety threat. So 911, anything in progress, you know, to your point, something uh, where there's a threat or you're involved in a collision, something, someone's breaking into something. Silent witness is more to Mike's point. You've got a catalytic converter, maybe someone's selling stuff out of the garage. Silent witness would be the appropriate venue for that. Absolutely. And then, as you know, silent witness is going to allow you to remain completely anonymous. So your neighbor's not going to know who called in and you might be eligible for a reward. Mike, you bucked the trend of a long line of firefighters in your family. And I'm sure you give each other a hard time about that. But you're all in public service. You're all serving. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be best remembered for? You know, you can't really, when it comes to law enforcement, you can't really beat work ethic. And so whether I was in patrol or on a net squad or now a supervisor, and then I have hopes of promoting once again, is that people just remember me for my work ethic. Um, I think that's a legacy that you can pass down to your children, and it's just extremely important in this career uh, that's highly competitive is when you start moving around is they know you just walking in to be somebody who comes to work every day and, and provides a good service. I tell everyone, if you can be remembered for being a hard worker and a kind person, I think you pretty much hit the mark. And I got to tell you, Mike, based on your reputation and work, you're doing it. So thanks for what you do. Appreciate that. And thanks for your leadership. Thank you to you, the listening audience. Thank you to Steve Reum for joining us today. And as always, at our producer, thank you to the Silo Witness Board and to Bonneville for this time. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377. 